What's up? What's up, everybody? Happy Monday. This is... It's not the Eric Lang Show, everybody. You got big news. Look at your screen. This is the Eric Anders Lang Show. And, uh, I mean, it's not really any different, to be honest with you. I just felt like we should change it um, to avoid confusion. I did, someone actually did just comment on my Instagram that we have the same name, Eric Lang, and it wasn't to differentiate amongst that person. It was just, I was realizing, you know, any film buffs out there, do you, uh, you follow movies? I, uh, <clears throat> Snowball, Snowball doesn't have a favorite movie. He's more into a uh, series. He likes uh, Stranger Things, and he also likes, um, believe it or not, um, BoJack Horseman, which, I mean, it shouldn't come as much of a surprise. It's a great show. Uh, if you haven't seen BoJack Horseman, I would take, uh, you know, the next couple hours, just take a little break. <laughs> just take a little break from work and check it out. Um, I do want to say, I can only watch television at night because I have a projector, which I think is actually a good thing because I feel like I would probably just watch it all day long, even though I don't really watch a lot of TV. But when I do, I check out BoJack Horseman because, I don't know, I just he's it's just so real. Okay, um, where were we? The Eric Anders Lang Show. So, you know, P.T. Anderson, Paul Thomas Anderson, the director, writer of many great films, Punch Drunk Love, uh, Boogie Nights, one of my favorites, uh, There Will Be Blood. Not the same as Paul Anderson. So Paul Thomas Anderson is different from Paul Anderson. So I just thought, fuck it. Let's go ahead and add the middle name. I already have it. I own the middle name. Uh, but nothing else is really changing. It's just the Eric Anders Lang Show with your host, Snowball, and Eric, and sometimes Colt, sometimes Jeff, uh, Max the intern, and, you know, open casting call if you're interested on in being on the show. Oh, you know what we want to do? We're going to set this up. We want to do a live call-in uh, for the Eric Anders Lang Show. So people can just call in. How cool is that? It would be like a radio show. We're still figuring out the logistics because uh, we need to get a phone number to do that for. So looking into that, very excited. Has everyone had a good week? Have you been, did you play a lot of golf? I surprisingly played a tremendous amount of golf after a tremendously uh, intense golf trip. So I feel like I haven't skipped a beat there. I've been swinging pretty well, been playing pretty good. Although, hang on, I gotta, gotta take it. Mm. I made one cup of coffee this morning and, you know, I was in a little bit of a rush and I, and I made it too weak. It wasn't strong enough. I want, I want the coffee to be, the truth is I do like weak coffee, but I have a threshold. I can't handle it too weak. Dunkin' Donuts is good for me. Starbucks is a little much, you know, I drink Starbucks and I kind of feel like, um, I don't know, like an oily car, you know, and it's just sort of spewing out all of this, uh, un un ungood smelling exhaust, you know, like like I just feel like my breath smells like coffee for the next couple days, but I'll drink it, you know. Unfortunately, at my uh, my parents' apartment in Manhattan, the only cafe is a Starbucks. <laughs> There's a there is a French cafe nearby, but I don't know. I find them quite rude, which maybe is part of the shtick, you know. Maybe they're trying. Maybe they don't want me in there. Which brings us back to golf. (laughs) 
Uh, I do want to get into some of the bigger takes on Scotland and how wonderful it is and, and stuff like that. I did want to get one quick thing out of the way. A listener of the podcast um, has a wife. Some of you may relate to this experience. I did at one point in my life. I currently do not. And the message reads, I listen to your pod all the time. Thank you, Greg. You got me to love golf again. Thank you very much. That is, that is, that is the highest compliment, Snowball. Snowball's like, I don't care about the compliments. I just want, what does he want? I don't know. Snowball just wants food and to sit on the bed, which he's not really allowed to sit on without being invited. It's kind of an invite only. It's kind of like the, uh, the uh, lounge at the airport, the frequent flyer lounge. You've been invited to sit on Eric's bed. You know, I mean, the reason why is because he's a disgusting animal who licks his own like genitals and just licks his feet and doesn't ever take his shoes off. So why would I want him on the bed? And the truth is, I'm not a cuddler and neither is he. So it's not even really, uh, it, does not, it doesn't even, there's no benefit really. It's just that he wants to be on the bed for his own selfish reasons. He walked out of the room. <laughs> He's like, I'll fuck the Eric Lang show or the Eric Anders Lang show. I'm out. Um, you got me to love golf again. Thank you very much. That's a huge compliment, Greg. I appreciate it. I, uh, I do. I, I, I've talked a little bit about how I wasn't going to really do a lot of golf stuff anymore. And I was kind of thinking of not doing any more golf stuff and maybe not doing season three of Adventures in Golf. But it was messages like these and meeting people who actually found a benefit from Adventures in Golf beyond just, oh, it's entertaining and I passed some time. It actually bled into um, a, a way of like enjoying life, a.k.a. vis-a-vis, per se, je ne sais quoi, golf. Which, I mean, how great of a fucking game is golf? Literally, I mean, I cannot think of a better game. Granted, I... I don't play many other games. Someone asked, what do you do when you're not playing golf? And the really answer is, I think about it. Um, I'm obsessed. Deeply, deeply, madly, luckily, healthily obsessed with golf. So anyway, the message continues. My love, Ashley Gilmore, knows that I love golf too and said she would only golf with me if you called her out on one of your podcasts. Can you help me out? Thanks. Ashley Gilmore, time to hit the links with your man, Greg. It's going to be a great time playing golf. I'm convinced that uh, if I ever get married again, wow, this is personal. I'm, I'm convinced, I don't know, do you guys, any, any, couple, any single folks out there that, that fantasize about marrying a golfer? Do you think about that? I don't know. I just feel like that's the way it's got to be. I know a lot of guys out there would say, well, I play golf with the boys, with the boys, you know, but I don't know. I look at Ashley and Jeff. I look at so many other wonderful uh, golf couples. You know, I just I don't know. Like, I want to go on a golf trip with a chick. I want the honeymoon to be to be like golf focused. I want to be like, hang on, okay. Mm. To be honest, this cup of coffee is a little too strong, but it's making up for the last one. I don't know. I usually do somewhere between two and seven cups of coffee a day. Uh, kind of go for David Lynch's. Um, David Lynch's a big coffee 
fan, makes his own coffee, also supposedly loves golf. David Lynch, uh, couldn't get him on the podcast. <laughs> By the way, for every podcast interview that you hear, you need to realize that there were 99 no's. But just because it's a no doesn't mean that we can't do the interview. It just means a no for now. That's the way I like to look at it. Anyway, yeah. Uh, anyone, if you have any stories about playing golf with your significant other, send it along. I'd love to read it and hear about it. Maybe share it on the podcast. I don't know. I just feel like I just feel like golf is such a part of my life that why wouldn't I want to amplify that? Also, I'm sure having sex on a golf course. Actually, it's almost. I almost lost my virginity on a golf course. Instead, it was a football field. Um, but you know, a golf course would be great for sex. I gotta. I gotta. I, you gotta think about. Come on, you know you've played golf and thought about it. You know you've been out there and you've been like. This, I don't know. I mean, there's a tree here. There's a little shed. (laughs) Snowball came back in just to shake his head at me. And he's like, and you think I'm the dog. Um, Anyway, wow, I digressed a lot. So um, anyway, have you guys been watching golf on television? You watched the Tour Championships? You check how crazy. What a crazy. I'm not going to talk about it, though. But... uh, and then all of a sudden we go up to Napa. I'm thinking of going up to Napa, watch a little golf. Um, let's see. Okay, so I got I got a couple questions here. I'll do some questions and then we'll get back into the. I want to go into Scotland kind of overview a, uh, a look at the the entire syllabus per se because the thing is the courses themselves and the wonderful parts of the journey that's all going to come on the videos, which I'm I assume that you're excited to see. Uh, I'm I'm so excited to see them that it doesn't really matter if anyone watches them because, like I think I've said before, like my I actually do like filmmaking a little bit more than playing golf, a tiny bit more, only like a quarter of a percent. And when I put those together, I think I've said this before, it's like a speedball. Now, if you haven't done a speedball, which is heroin mixed with cocaine, then just imagine feeling the best you've ever felt. Multiply that times a thousand, and uh, that's that's it right there. Um, hang on. A lot of information. lot of info. Okay. So Dara wants to know the story of my mom and going to medical school. Uh, he's halfway through it. Uh, and he's, um, yeah, that's it. Okay. So anyway, my mom, I'll tell you a story about my mom. And let, I, can, I don't know if I can relate it to golf. But, but real briefly, my mom, um, wonderful lady, was 39 when I was born. So that means that when I was one years old, she was 40, and so on. Uh, we kept the same relationship of age throughout our entire lives, even to this day. So I am 37, and she is, do this right, 76. Got it. Nailed the numbers there. I'm pretty good at math. And uh, <clears throat> when I was in uh, elementary school or junior high, she was a, originally she was a, uh, um, a teacher, and then took some time off because she had three motherfucking crazy kids to raise. My brother, my sister, and I. My brother and sister were probably a third of the problem. I was definitely two-thirds of the problem. And I came in late. Like, I was kind of like the, uh, the relief pitcher that came in and just couldn't, couldn't throw a strike. <laughs> I mean, and they had no other pitchers. They was basically like the next person they were going to throw in was like, I don't know, uh, you know, the bat boy. So anyway, I was a fucking idiot. And my mom took the time off to deal with that issue. 
<clears throat> but then she also started taking uh, classes at the nearby college because she wanted to become a doctor. And the reason why is because when she was a kid, she had had some, uh, you know, interactions with the doctors. And you got to remember, this is in the 60s um, when medicine was obviously very different. There wasn't a computer on Earth yet. Obviously, WebMD didn't exist yet. So she was going to the hospital and they had this like issue. They couldn't really figure out what was wrong with her. And her experience was one of that, uh, the, the sort of connection between doctor and patient was, um, uh, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm putting words in her mouth and she's not even sitting here, but you know, it was, it was, um, sort of impersonal, difficult, and I guess frightening from the, from the standpoint of a, of a child. So she wanted to change that, you know, and I commend her deeply for going to, uh, do this process. And then anyway, like, you know, step after step after step, she somehow ends up uh, getting accepted to Yale, which is in Connecticut. And we were in New Jersey. So she got a little apartment up in Connecticut, busted her ass for two years. And then she got a job working at an STD clinic in Chelsea, where she found, believe it or not, there's a high connection between drugs, gay people and STDs. Now, she's not a scientist. So this isn't an accredited study. I laughed because I was like, "Well, mom, you're working at, you know, in the in the in the gay in the gayborhood. What do you what do you expect?" Um, but uh, but anyway, she worked there for a long time, and she also worked in the Bronx, where apparently she was uh, shepherded by a drug dealer with three pit bulls back and forth from the parking lot to the uh, clinic, who was obviously a very nice gentleman, who um, saw that her safety needed to be. Um, uh, you know, uh, whatever supported. And, you know, she's just a great woman who did all that. So, you know, I think, I think, you know, what's, what's, what I take away from that is kind of why do we do what we do? Right. I mean, things are hard. Things are difficult. Obviously, you know, you probably, you know, we, we, we probably all look at someone else's life and think, Oh, geez, how easy that is, whatever, you know, like, Oh, they have the life. Well, I mean, you know, I'm sure that it probably looks like I have the life and I actually do feel that way. But at the same time, I mean, it's, it, there is a lot of parts to the job that are a grind that I don't really enjoy doing. And, um, you know, that's, it, it's funny because the way I see that is it's just a small price to pay, you know, to be able to, um, you know, uh, put some, uh, change into what I see as being deeply important. Right. And, I didn't know that I would ever think that making golf entertaining or more, um, you know, approachable to all different types of people would be something that is really valuable to me, you know, because I mean, on one hand, what am I doing? Am I putting more money in the hands of people that I don't, uh, companies that I don't really align with? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, there are a lot of golf companies out there that, I don't know. I mean, it seems like, seems like I don't really, I don't. I don't really care about golf companies in some ways. Now, some golf companies I really do. You know, like some golf companies are actually doing something um, for the consumer, such as offering them a high-performance golf ball at half the price. Go to vicegolf.com to get yours today. Direct to consumer, cut out the middleman. Anyway, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I think that's a really cool company that is disrupting the space and doing something interesting that uh, is meaningful. I mean, hey, like, why the fuck is a golf ball, how much is a golf ball? How much is a fucking golf ball? 
You know what I mean? Really? Why? It's plastic. There's nothing special in it. How much is a wedge? Why? It's made in China. It doesn't make any sense. Um, you know, okay, that was a bit of a rant. But anyway, um, you know, my mom had a lot of difficulty going through all that medical school stuff. And, you know, I mean, it was exhausting. And, you know, I remember the news cameras came out when she graduated from Yale and they wanted to do an interview with her and her family. And I ran away. I, I ran into the parking lot. This is how much I don't like being on camera. So maybe you don't even realize that Adventures in Golf was not my idea. I don't. I never, ever wanted to be on camera. Literally, I only did it because I was broke as fuck. And they were like, do you want another job doing something you don't know how to do that you may not want to do? And I was like, uh, okay, yeah, I'll do it, man. And like, you know, I don't know. So it is funny because my true nature is not to be on camera. Um, but then again, I'm sure that as humans, we're pretty malleable creatures and things can change. So who knows, right? Um, all right. You know what? Let's just take a break. Check it out. Yo, Adidas golf shoes, y'all. I've worn lots of shoes since I started playing golf seven years ago, but I haven't found anything that matches Adidas. It's actually very true. Boost, all capitals, folks, B-O-O-S-D. Boost is the best cushioning in the game, and they test all their shoes so that you get the stability you need for the swing that you want or whatever. Whether it's the Tour 360, which is all around a great shoe, or the Adicross Bounce, that's what I like. Uh, I typically wear, well, I like the Pure, y'all, because they're classy as fuck. And I also like the... Uh, I like the cross-knit boost, y'all. It's an older model, but they look kind of fly. Everyone thinks I'm wearing running shoes on the course, but no. I've got stability, and I've got little nubs to keep me in check when I over-rotate with the big stick. Um, everything that they make is so versatile and comfortable, but most importantly, they're all built to perform on the course. Visit adidas.com and click on the golf section or visit your local retailer. <laughs> Maybe just go online, y'all. Who wants to go to a local retailer? Let's face it. To find the pair that's right for you. You can also follow Adidas Golf on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook for all the latest news and releases. Check it out. All right, we're back. So Scotland talk. Let's talk Let's talk Scotland. Well, I was never able to uh, mimic a Scottish accent. And, you know, there was a point in my life where I was really good at accents. Like I worked at this Italian restaurant and I was able to mimic the owner's Italian accent so well that I even fooled one of the other owners. And I take that as a large point of pride in my life that I think back on frequently, but for some reason, I don't know, maybe, maybe I just got to spend some time trying it, but I'm not going to try it here. Um, I just, I, I, I emptied out one of the bags from the trip, um, my like um, whatever personal bag that has like all my headphones and earplugs and chargers and pills and uh, eye patches, what else? Licenses, I got a spare passport, um, pills, I think I already said that. You know, and just, I got all the like, the things that I really can't live without, right? And uh, and in there, I forgot, I was looking for this one thing that I got on the trip that, you know, I didn't get a lot of stuff on the trip. I basically got a hat from Royal Dornick because I felt um, like I had to because it was such a, a moment in my life of going to play there. Uh, <clears throat> I'll tell the story about Western, about Dornick and, and, and stuff in a second, but the, the stuff I got, 
um, was I got a hat from Royal Dornick. I got a putter cover from Royal Aberdeen because it's fucking sick, dude. Not only was Royal Aberdeen just an amazing experience that we added to the list at the last second and we played. We didn't play 18. Some of the best courses and experiences and rounds of my life have been under 18 holes. Like, you know, um, not even intentionally, just we didn't have the time, you know. Um, Jordan White, the member there that we had met um, down in East Lothian, took us up there. And, um, you know, we played and he left. He knew we weren't going to finish because we started kind of late because we had played uh, Trump Aberdeen in the morning. Respect. <laughs> respect for do respect for me liking something I didn't want to like. I did not want to like Trump Aberdeen, but fucking all to hell. I loved it. It's an amazing golf course. And on some level, I'm there to play golf. I'm not there to talk politics. I'm not there to talk, um, you know whatever scandal. I'm not a boycotter. I'm not a fucking activist. You know what I mean? So if you're looking at that situation and saying, how could you play that? He's a cunt. Well, hey, you know what? Uh, I don't disagree, but I'm just going to go play golf and I'm going to enjoy it. And that's, that's, that's my, that's my take on it. You know what I mean? Um, but <clears throat> moving away from that subject, um, we played, I got some in my teeth. We played um, we played Royal Aberdeen and it was amazing. And uh, I got the little putter head cover there, and then I got a, I got a sweatshirt down in St Andrews that's like kind of it looks literally like something like Drake would wear. Like it's a purple Russell Athletic sweatshirt with like a huge St Andrews uh, old course um, logo, and then it has the Latin. Uh, three words in the crest, which I can't remember what they say, but we'll get to that. And then I bought one other thing. What did I buy? I bought the head cover, the hat, and maybe I only bought three things. I really did try not to buy a lot, you know, just because, I don't know, I feel like I come back with so much stuff, and in some ways it stops meetings a lot if I have a lot of it, you know? But... The one thing I did know that I wanted, because I have this little stupid pencil case with one pencil in it for Augusta, which is sort of a joke in and of itself, but Western Gales has this one super pure pencil, and it's got no name on it. Like, and it was, and, and that's a great example of kind of how Scotland is just so unassuming everywhere you go, you know? Um, it's, it's not about we're the best, right? It's not about this is the best course, this is the best this, this is the best that. It's merely... Hey, here's a golf course on the water. Check it out. Um, you know, on seven, miss left. On eight, definitely going to play a club longer. Um, you know, the wind is currently heading in this direction. And I hope you have a great round. Um, but yeah, I, I, and what's funny is I emptied out my bag before I left of all of the, um, ball, uh, the um, tees and ball marks and pitch repair tools because I figured... Like in America, they just throw that shit at you with all the logos on it. And certainly a lot of courses in Scotland had logos on it, but Western Gales was my favorite because it has no fucking logo. Literally a blank pencil, glossy, round, same size as every other pencil, no eraser, just, just no eraser. That's actually, I didn't even think of that. That's a huge, that's a fucking, uh, like a spiritual lesson right there. Western Gales is not, they're expecting you to write down the, the score right the first time. None of this eraser shit. Um, but I don't know. I just, that for me was a big takeaway from what I will call my favorite 
course that we played, my favorite club, my favorite experience, right? And and that's and that's actually almost impossible to say because they're all so different, right? I mean, that was essentially day one, which in reality was day three for Colt and I. Uh, we had played Dundonald in the morning, which was a Kyle Phillips course. We also played Kings Barnes that Kyle Phillips did. And Kyle Phillips famously uh, did the renovation to Wilshire. Maybe not so famously because I just found that out because... I don't know. I walk through life and I only learn the things that people tell me. I do some research, but mostly I'm just kind of a walking pillowcase. Um, maybe not a pillowcase. Maybe maybe a walking... Uh, I don't know. Anyway, moving on. Uh, <laughs> uh, self-observation, they say, is one of the most uh, hardest things to do in life. So riddle me that. Um you know, so but Western Gales was this the the clubhouse is incredible. The uh, the locker room was like a really I think I've already talked about this, but you know one of the things that you end up with for me is an underrated experience. And for me, being underrated is I realize a huge part of um, the way I like to go into things. I mean, one of the main things we did on the trip was not do much research because I wanted to walk into each place and learn about it. Um, I wanted to, um, discover it, right? Because the more I know about something, the worse it is. And this applies to a lot of things like online dating, not entirely serious, but actually it's very true. Um, but new golf courses, um, you know, anything really. I just like learning on the spot from the people there. Um, also, I'm just lazy. So doing a lot of computer research, uh, I feel like I'm on the fucking computer all the time or something. You know, I'm really not. But I don't know. I just looking into screens is kind of hard. And so for those of you that look into screens, you know, cheers, bottoms up. We got it. You got to do it. Uh, at some point, but it's also nice to just go out there and live it and learn it from an actual organic um, analog human being, um, you know, and hear it and hear it told to you in a Scottish accent. So that's 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 the one. My favorite thing I took away from Scotland was a blank pencil. It really is. Um, so I'm going to put that in the case, and I'm going to um, savor that memory. And I hope I get to go back. Um, <clears throat> moving on through Scotland, um, you know, I, I, I get questions on the podcast a lot from, uh, people who want to know how to get better at golf and, uh, you know, people who want to quote, get to a single digit or something like that. And, uh, you know, it's a funny one because, you know, I, I made this movie, I'm still making this movie, um, be the ball, the documentary about golf and meditation where we conducted an experiment with 50 golfers of different skill levels, levels, um, you know, juniors, adults, and um, I guess, is there another category? <laughs> I think it's just juniors and adults, but all different ages and all different skill levels and all different aspirations. And, um, you know, we taught them all to meditate for three months and basically tracked their uh, results through that process of learning how to meditate. And, I guess what I'm I'm kind of plugging the the be the ball uh, meditations, which are available at be the ball.com and soon to be what's the name of the website snowball? What's it going to be called? We're launching a new website called ericanderslang.com and you'll be able to get to it through my Instagram account. It's not out yet, so don't go there and be pissed that it's not there. 
I'm hoping in the next week or two, but we'll see. And, and that'll be a cool place to have everything you want to see. So uh, it'll have like my favorite podcast episodes, all the adventures in golf, the Vice Golf commercials, all the new projects we're doing, you know, a link to the YouTube page, some merchandise. We've been working with a cool, uh, we've, we, we've uh, included a new member to the team, uh, a guy named Tony up there in the Midwest and he's a great logo guy. Like he just gets his shit and he's got a cool Instagram handle, Radry Golf, R A D R Y Golf. Um I love all the shit he does. I reached out and said, "Yo, man, let's let's fucking collab." Let's collab, bro. Come on. Like fucking Maroon 5 and uh, Cardi B. Let's <laughs> let's make it collab, man. Um on that note, how cool would it be for me to make some Adidas shoes? Like, that would be fucking sick. I don't even know what they would be. I would just take the same pair of Adidas shoes and just... No, I wouldn't. I would do something interesting. Um, but anyway, uh, on that website, we're going to... In in lieu of the Eric Andrews Lang website, you can go to betheball.com slash meditations. And, you know, if we're talking about getting better at golf, that is a great way to do that, right? Is to just listen to those meditations. There are 10 different uh, recorded guided meditations designed for golfers and they're aimed at basically you know clearing away the bullshit between you and a good score I mean you and a good swing whatever it is and what I was going to say about Scotland in 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 a few minutes ago was basically you know right around the end of the trip I really started to lose my swing and I mean I literally was going uh on the tee box I would go left going left 60 yards and then I would be like, well, that's gone. I'm not going to look for that. And then I would go right going right, 60 yards. And I was just beside myself, angry. Like fucking angry in Scotland, man. How crazy is that? And you know what's funny too is like part of me was like judging myself for being angry. And then I was like, no, I'm fucking angry. And that's okay because I want to play good golf. Who doesn't want to play good golf? You know what I mean? The problem is, is that you know, I was, I was like, I'm, I'm not good enough to play good golf all the time. I'm good enough to play good golf. I don't know. Once every week or two, maybe depending on my frequency. Um, but you know, I just literally went back to every old swing I've ever had that sucks. And Glenn Eagles fucked me like literally just, just literally threw me on the ground and just started yelling at me. Um, and I couldn't, and, and the irony is that we went to Glen Eagles with this idea of playing a Ryder Cup match, Colt and I versus uh, Simon and Stewart, America versus Scotland. And I was like so excited and so ready to play. We got a lot of sleep. I woke up early. I did stretches, whatever, but I was beside myself. I couldn't play. And what's funny is I thought about a couple things during that experience, like, you know, wow, golf really has the ability to like acutely affect me um almost like going to a dentist and getting a tooth pulled like it's incredibly painful but at the same time that's why i think i love golf is because it's also incredibly um you know there there's a tremendous amount of magic there when it does go well and it's it's a tremendous it's a it's a very pleasing experience that we can't buy like you can buy a trip to Scotland and you can buy new clubs, but you can't buy a good golf game. You just can't. Um, you can sort of buy a nice swing, I guess, but you can't really buy a, a score. You can't just play well because you you know because you want to. But anyway, all that is to say that um, my experience of going there and kind of you know getting uh, dragged behind the golf cart of of uh, the King's Course 
Eklund Eagles is is sort of uh, you know I is like well you know you've got the golf swing but then you've also got the mental game so if those of you out there are wondering how do I how do I play good golf I mean you know you got to take lessons you got to practice practice your short game practice your putting if I mean being a single digit doesn't mean that you have a good swing it means that you can get the ball in the hole in fewer strokes and so the best player from 100 yards and in is the best player. So you need to focus on that. And you need to put the ball in play. Now, I mean, I'm not great at that, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm an okay golfer. I think my handicap is currently 6.5. So I shot an 81 at the old course. I didn't really keep too much score at the other courses because I would take a hole off or two and I would drone or, you know. And I mean, when we talked with Golfholics the other day, he said, Marco said it best. Like, dude, filming adds five shots to your game. And it does because I'm literally doing two things at once. I'm taking energy away from the round of golf. And that's kind of what I've loved about returning to Los Angeles this week has been, oh, I can just play golf. I'm not going to film any of it. I barely even post uh, the photos or whatever. You know what I mean? I'm just going to play golf. And I'm going to go do that very shortly here today. Who doesn't love playing a little golf? Just getting out there and having some peaceful time to potentially get so angry that you want to throw a club and maybe quit the game. Or maybe you'll have an eagle, and then you'll Google, how do I join the PGA Tour? <laughs> Love PGA memes. Um, but anyway, if, you, if, if, you're, if you're tapped out of things to do to get better at golf, go, go check out betheball.com slash meditations. I think you'll really dig it. Um, you know, it, it helped a lot of people get better, bar none. Facts stated. Accredited survey, scientific experiment, scientific, <laughs> scientific uh, experiment completed. So that was that was a very cool thing, and and that, and that happened on the trip. You know, then the cool thing was is after after um, um, Glen Eagles uh, that afternoon, we went out to Comrie. And for those of you listening who reached out to be a part of the trip in person. Um, you know, if, if we weren't able to accommodate, dude, my my biggest apologies, I learned a lot on this trip. One is, you know, we did a meetup at Troon in the beginning, and it was it was slightly it was it was wonderful and I had a great night, but it was slightly problematic because I learned one thing is that it it was very hard to us to commit to more than just playing the golf. I mean, we were strapped for time at every moment of the day. And on a lot of courses, we only played 14, 16, something holes. Sometimes we played nine. We were just always strapped for time. And, you know, one of the biggest takeaways for me is when we do this trip again, it's going to be a little less golf, which I know is hard to imagine. And it was my own fault for adding all these 36 a day rounds because I wanted to see more and do more. But, you know, and someone even said in the beginning of the trip, they said, is, this, is, is the amount of golf you're playing going to dilute the experience? Well, I definitely don't want to say yes because I don't want you to be right, whoever said that. But on some level, yes. I mean, I don't I don't like that concept, right? But the truth is, if you go to Jean George in Manhattan and scarf down your meal like it's a fucking number one at McDonald's, you're not getting the entire experience. The food needs to unfold in your mouth. Ugh, that's kind of a gross thing to think about. It's kind of like a soft-shell crab coming back to life while you eat it. Um, and so, <laughs> what the hell is going on in my brain? Um, but, you know, you, 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 it, it was a lot of golf, you know? And 
it in some ways I when I go back and do it again at some other country or other place, Ireland, um, New Zealand, you know, I I I really want to make sure that it's just one round a day and it's at sunset. And, you know, one of the biggest misses I think is we played Comrie, which was this little homely nine holer in the middle of the country in the highlands. James Braid design, beautiful really kind of meanders through this hillside. And the fucking miss there is that I should have invited everybody to come. There were a lot of people that wanted to come to Comrie. I know this. I saw it. I posted it. I wasn't able to get back to everybody. Finally, um, Matthew came out. He brought fucking paleo cookies. He drove three hours. And that's why I picked him, right? Is because he had been a fan of the podcast forever. And we had messaged specs since day one. And when Matthew said, yo, I want to roll out, I was like, roll on out, Big M. And he came out and we had a great time. But the, but the biggest mistake is I realized, like, oh, my God, we could have had 30 people come out and play golf. And that would have been wonderful. Um, and, and so the next trip, the aim is going to be to isolate those courses, right? I mean, obviously, at uh, Royal Dornick, you know, like not 20 people can show up. We can't really. That's, that's um, being a bad guest. <laughs> How to be a bad guest. <laughs> show up an hour late with 20 people. Um, and, uh, you know. So, so anyway, I, I, I want to look forward to making those opportunities happen for, for everybody out there. You know what I mean? One of my biggest, greatest experiences of the trip was the units of energy. Sorry, my phone buzzed. The units of energy that were transferred when new people arrived, whether it was Matthew, Chris, Stuart, um, new people, Stefan, Joseph, you know, whoever y'all are. I mean, when you showed up, Graham, fucking Matthew, uh, Scott, uh, you know, when when you guys showed up, you literally brought, whether or not you brought a gift, some of you did, which was just, I mean, it floored me. But, but even without bringing a gift, you brought yourself, your fascination and love for golf. And that's kind of what I think I learned before there was any show, before there was any public reality of my life in golf was showing up to the first tee. And who the fuck am I going to play golf with today? And what's funny is, is we walk into it thinking, oh no, who am I going to play golf with today? And a lot of people say, oh, I don't want to. Why is it like, why is golf like that? Why isn't it more like some exciting bar on a plane, right? Like, why aren't we on a 747 being like, hey, you seem to be a fucking cool person. Let's, let's play golf. Golf, for some reason, has this completely um, unreasonable um, sort of distaste for the stranger. We need to we need to attack the distaste for the stranger on the first tee. And in some ways, it's almost like you know we're literally paired together by whatever powers that be. We have selected the same tee time. We have selected the same geographical coordinates to experience potentially the same thing, which is greatness. Why are we not immediately friends? I don't know, but I aim to understand that better and to hopefully create some type of uh, place where we can do that wherever we are around the country. Um, so that's one of the most exciting things for me moving forward is figuring out how to do more of that, right? And whether it's events or travel or just like local shit, I don't know. But to me, that is tremendously valuable. Um and Scotland really proved that to me. And it also, like I said, I realized like what I need to do for the next trip. Because, I mean, Melbourne, holler if you're in Melbourne. That was the first meetup we did. It was at Royal Park. We played with 11 people on a little nine-hole track with a couple par fives, a couple par threes, a couple par fours. And it was just a wonderful afternoon, right? And we stayed there into the night. The clubhouse stayed open late, sold us some drinks, and we just chatted the entire night away. 
and it was the first one for me, and I was disappointed we didn't get to do that in Scotland. But like I said, there were there were sort of reasons prohibiting us from doing that. There was knowledge I didn't have, and there was sort of some you know uh, pre existing conditions that I will seek to ratify for the next time. So super excited about that. Um, anyway, yeah, that experience of playing well on a golf trip that's a funny one, you know, because I played uh, Wilson here the other night with um, my man Evan and my man Maddie and my man Bo and. Obviously, my man Snowball. Where you at? Not here, I guess. Snowball. Mr. Ice. Where are you, Mr. Ice? Dude, he just chills. Like, I don't know where he is. Snowball. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> what is he doing? Um... But we went out and played, and it was funny because we were talking about that experience of when you go on a golf trip, you want to play well. Wow. That's a tough one. I don't know. It's tough for me because, like I said, I don't really have a swing. And so I went to see Dana last week, and I got, oh, I got so many cool new swing tips. Dana Dahlquist, y'all. If you're in SoCal, check him out at El Dorado. Uh, He's the best coach I've ever met. I love working with him. He really has a great understanding of the biomechanics of the golf swing. Um, he posts a lot online. I think he, I think he even has like an online thing. Dana Dahlquist, D A H L Q U I S T. He has shepherded me through having a really kind of weird multiple levels of a swing, and now I feel like I'm actually starting to get it. But you know, I took this lesson on Thursday, and I went out and played uh, this weekend a couple times, and a couple times I just slipped that in there, a couple times, and you know. It's hard to take a lesson and then go play. And I'm just trying to, um, you know, do a good mix of the two. So anyway, I'm, I'm fucking ready for Monday, y'all. How are you feeling? How are you feeling? Are we going to get Ashley out there to play golf? Let's do some of that. Um, all right, y'all. I'm out. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to the Eric Anders Lang Show. I'm looking forward to bringing you Rob Riggle soon. If you have any comments on it, email the Eric Lang Show at gmail.com. Email your questions. Check me out on the old Instagram or wherever you want. The handle is always going to be Eric Anders Lang. And I look forward to uh, planning the next trip with y'all. Maybe New York City. I would love to do another massive meetup in New York. That was so fun with Ashley. Um, so, anyway, catch you in the shower. <laughs>
All right, joining the show right now, you can find him on the PGA Tour and Scratch TV series Adventures in Golf. I learned about him in a great magazine, a golf magazine called Caddy. Uh, that you should definitely pick up. He's all over YouTube and Facebook, and uh, he's in studio with us right now. Er, uh, Eric Lang is here, dude. Um, where's your home course? Where'd you learn to play golf? My home. Wh- oh, where? <laughs> Whoa, that's a tough question. So, so I mean, we're doing an origin story podcast. Right, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I was born from uh, like uh, urban splooge right by the uh, sewer, and uh, I was a turtle for the first ten years. No, I, uh, dude, I, I only got into golf seven years ago, right? Eight years ago. So I was thirty. And I basically my the course where I learned to play golf was Roosevelt, uh, the little nine hole executive in L.A. here, you know, par fours and threes. And that's where I learned. But now my home course, I've come a long way and I'm a member at a private club, which is swaggy, swaggy. Well, let's shocking. get into it. As I am a uh, country club member here in, no, uh, where do you, where in you Los know? Angeles, I'm up at Mountain Gate. Oh, yeah. I love that place. Yeah. So we'll definitely. I played there, there with uh, Richard Schiff the other day. Did he throw his clubs into the woods and scream and curse? Yeah. I was borderline like, it's I don't insane, know right? if I can do this again. Like, why is Toby from the West Wing so mad? <laughs> He's it's so mad. Nine o'clock in the morning. It was very early. Yeah, it was very early. <laughs> yeah, I remember he was so mad. And he quit smoking the day before. Oh, no. Oh, man. Schiff. He's yeah. he's tough when he's got like four cigarettes oh, yeah. around going. But he was on one. Oh my gosh! Yeah, um, and then and then he was funny because I didn't think he had fun. And then at the end of the round, he goes, "Let's play again soon." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Dude, uh, you you didn't have yeah. fun today." Just to clarify. Well, that's what's been funny for me is I grew up in New York City. I learned how to play uh, in the North Fork of Long Island, nice. and then on spring break uh, with my baseball team in Arizona, we'd always practice in the morning and then go in the afternoon with the coaches, and right. that's kind of. When I fell in love with it and I really got into Tiger Mania, I caught that wave at the right age and right. the whole thing. But it's been fun to come out to L.A. and sort of learn about the underbelly of the Hollywood golf scene right. out here. And that's something that you've touched on uh, throughout your career now as a golfer since what you said you picked it up when you were 30. You was 30. So it's like, you've been playing for six weeks? Like, you're a young <laughs> dude. What do you mean? Dude, I have gray hairs. Every girl I date points it out to me. I don't know if they have daddy issues I those, or what. They but... just look like sun-kissed from playing 36 holes is what they look like. Um, dude, but I don't no, wear, but I don't just... wear sun Sunscreen. That's my secret. Really? That's why I look so young. No, it's backwards. Uh, you, uh, <laughs> you, you, but you found out that this like Hollywood golf thing is real because a lot of these actors don't work for most of the year, no. so they have enough time to go play every day. Have you heard the joke, uh, "Life of a Rock Star"? Two rounds of golf in an AA meeting. Yeah, it sounds That's like a lot of the guys it. I play with. Yeah, yeah. all these guys. Mountain Gate's filled with it. Uh, Wilshire's a bit more. Uh, it's different. It's not the same. It's not a flashier crowd. You know, I think Mountain Gate's more like Lakeside, right? Yeah, where it's like if you don't want to wear shoes, you want to right. hang out, you bring a buddy from high school, drink, play yeah. some music, and that's the way it should be, man. And I feel I like agree. that's kind of the quest in your crusade on some level is taking totally. the pretentiousness out of the game, making it more accessible. It breaks my heart as an avid golfer when they say the game's dying with young people. It's bullshit. I don't buy it. You know who it's I – think, I think this is all just like a fucking marketing plan. Like the game is dying. What that means is they didn't sell the clubs they wanted to sell. You know what I mean? I don't know if the courses that were already going to close, they're still going to close. That's not on you and me. You know what I mean? I think people are still going out and playing and they're still enjoying the game. The truth is, I actually, I'm doing a project with the USGA. They said 2 million people start golf every year. The problem is 5 million stop. Right, 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 right. So it's that these older people are basically dying or they're not enjoying the game as much. And I think that's kind of what it comes down to. It's not so much, you know, making, I, I believe it's successful. I just think that a lot of people who play it don't know how to enjoy it well there's two kind of golfers right there's the golfer who plays and loves the game and there's the golfer who plays and follows the game professionally sure 
I play three days a week. I'm not sitting here right now watching. T- What's up? I Respect. Do. I go six fifteen. I get that that sunrise. Do you really? Yeah, we get after. Do you it early. live over there? Um, I'm on I'm in Venice, so okay. I got about like 15 minutes at that time in the right. morning, That's which great. is great. Um, so yeah, you'll come out with us. It'll be good. But but the idea of of me, I'd rather play yeah. than sit on my couch and watch. Nah you know dustin or, or ricky or any of these yeah. guys and and i don't know i think there's some there's sometimes the conversation around golf gets confusing because yes the popularity of the pga tour on television might not be what it was when exactly. tiger was Another balling business thing. but the idea of young people want to go out there and play and have some beers and hang out and see the world through the eyes of a golfer i think still does exist on some level totally and i think that's i mean that is really my big thing like you said it is my crusade like the idea of like Let's just make it as fun as possible for both people that haven't played. You know, one of the one of the best messages I get, I get two kind of messages that really fill me up, right, from people I don't know, like through Instagram. One is, um, you know, I wasn't having fun, and now I've, like, kind of started following your thing, and it makes me excited to play. And then the other is, you know, my uh, my kid or my wife or my husband decided to try it. You know what I mean? Like, and after, because I hated golf until I tried it, and so I had the same thing going. And I feel like that's really my main job right now is to be like, hey, if you hate it, just, just, just try it with yeah. someone who's not a dick. So you're like a golf drug dealer. You're just like <laughs> getting people hooked, and then you're the plug. Yeah. And then next thing you know, it's breaking, pusher. breaking bad on the back I'm, nine. Yeah, I'm a that's, um, it. that's good. But, 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 but it's but, some good shit, and the but, truth is, it sells itself. But it's hard though because it can be so challenging for people and totally. so intimidating, and not only the stuffiness that surrounds the game and having your shirt tucked in and your pants and the right equipment right but just the act of hitting a golf ball i mean that it's that sisyphus pushing the boulder up the mountain is what keeps all of us coming back right but for those people who are just starting that can be so intimidating and scare them away for life they've got so many things against them right they've got they've got like unwritten like rules like like you said like belts and shit Mm -hmm. then they've got the weird etiquette shit like don't walk in my line then they've got you know when I started golf, I assumed every golf course was private. I didn't even know there was public courses. So when I found like Wilson and Harding, I was like, "Oh my god, these are my people!" And it was like ninety percent Korean, and everyone was like, "My name's David. Nice to meet you." <laughs> I was like, uh, "Okay." Well, what sucks oftentimes is those municipal courses, those city-owned courses, those they're they're really not honest representations of the game. When you get to go to Wilshire, you get to go to Mountain yeah. Gate, you go to Sherwood, or these swaggy places. So I almost wish you could bring that kind of weekend young kid who just wants to go out with his buddies to a nice manicured course. Yeah, and, and I agree. In cities, it's there's a big discrepancy, but you know, small town USA, obviously the neighborhood public course can be pretty decent. You got one one chance. Where yeah. have you you've golfed all over the world now? Pretty much, yeah. I haven't quite sat down and done a count of countries or anything like that, but we golfed in some fucked up places. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, you're I've on... almost golfed inside of a trash can. Well, how? What? Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> at the slums of Mumbai. We, we, we played in the streets, and um, gosh, can you imagine the smallest bathroom you've ever been in? <sighs> that was about like the width of the holes. Wow. Like it was like mini golf. Sure, but, yeah, sure. Yeah. Slum dog golf. That's insane. Exactly. Yeah. And, and the guys that play in this neighborhood, you know, it's right across the street from like the nicest course in India. Bombay, uh, I can't remember, Mumbai Golf Club, yeah, I want to say. Yeah. And anyway, they all the caddies. And so they live across the street. And I went into their houses. I mean, our podcast studio here is what, 200 square feet? Mm-hmm. It's way bigger than where they live. Wow. They live in a third of this with their mom. And they have a love for the game that is just deep inside of them. Dude, the guy didn't even have any wall space, but he somehow painted a, a beautiful tapestry of a guy playing golf. 
inside of his tiny house. And what's what's amazing though is so you you mentioned that setup. One side of the road is the nicest golf course in in, in India, right? Yeah. And across the road is like just huts and shanties and rundown village. You play on that really nice golf course in India when you're on the sixth hole and you're one over and you're a little hot. Like you could be in Australia, you could be in Vegas, you could sure. be in wherever. But when you're in that shanty town <laughs> playing, you know you're in India, right? So right. it's like you've got to go on these golf adventures. That a, a, a nice course is a nice course wherever it is, pretty much. But when you play on some of these other places that have that local character and feel, there's kind of an understanding on a deeper level of of why the game connects with so many different types of people. Totally. I mean, if you played in Scotland. Uh, I, ha- I played in Ireland. I okay. played in Scotland. Yeah. So Ireland is close, but Scotland uh, is different than Ireland even uh, culturally. I mean, the courses are, you know, you could say they're similar. But what, what I find is actually from, from what you're saying about being on the golf course and experiencing a true difference, Scotland has what I think, what we were talking about earlier about getting people to play golf, Scotland has uh, a, an approach to the game that's just totally different, right? You're not allowed to play the tips, right, unless you're actually in a fucking competition. Don't put your ego away. Just, just play the whites, okay? Yeah, with everybody it's, else. Everybody yeah, do it together. Don't worry. It's hard. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you play the, the – the tips are closed, and then uh, you play matches. No no one keeps a scorecard. You play matches. Let's play against each other. You know what I mean? Right. And then the other thing is in all of the towns, there is – Golan is the best example. So, you know, that's where they had the Scottish Open where Ricky won a couple mm-hmm. years ago. There's like four courses, like literally packed right there, and there's a little tiny town right next to it. There's a little there's you can see some flags and it's just a field in the middle of the town and there's like flags and I was like, Oh, let's go play some golf. And the lady at the restaurant was like, Ah, uh, no, you can't play and I was like, Come on, what? And then she there was a sign that said for junior golfers only. That's awesome. You know what I mean? And it's free. Yeah. Yeah, you just yeah, go yeah, play. Yeah, that that's what got me hooked, right? Yeah. So when I was fourteen years old and my folks have a summer home in the North Fork of Long Island. Where? They're in in a town called Orient. So okay. all the way on the on the tip of the North Fork. I'm from Fork. Jersey. Oh okay. So, so what uh, are you Mets or No, uh, I grew up in New York City and my dad Yankees? is a diehard lifelong from the Upper West Side of Manhattan Boston Red Sox fan. Oh there you go. What's so, what, what Upper West Side? My parents live on seventy fifth and Riverside. He um he was up uh, he grew up on like eighty first and Central Park West. No shit. Yeah I went to high school on the Upper West. I went to the collegiate on seventy eighth okay. and Broadway. So he uh he roots for the Red Sox so hard that I always just like root for a great summer for my mother so that like right. the Red Sox would win. And That's that, gangster. It's, we're out on the North Fork because in the 80s he could get uh, Red Sox games on the radio there. Wait, that was the decision? He's going to spend my summers <laughs> sitting by the pool listening to ball games and this is 1985 and there's no Podcast One and Sirius XM and all these <laughs> things so that's why they got out there. And wow. there was a local golf course there that had a deal. It was $220 if you were 19 and under and it was unlimited golf for the year but you have to play after 2 o'clock. And when you're 15, you're trying to tee off at 3.30, 4 o'clock anyway because yeah. you're on that teenager sleep till noon shit, right? right so, right. But that gave me the freedom to just go every day and take a bucket of balls out to the second hole and play right. it 100 times. And But you're right. It's that entry point to the game of how you hook people that can really stay with them as, as they get older. So right. tell me now um, about the, the meditation component to what you do because my wife teaches meditation. Right. She's a Reiki master. She um, has changed my life in, in terms of how I – not only just approach my day-to-day life, but how I approach the game of golf. Sure. Um, I used to track my shots, write them down. I hooked the yeah, six green, iron fairway, into the woods butt. on six. And, then, and now we just go out and play. And there's a freedom and a clarity that I think improves everyone in the group. Right. Um, so talk to me about your like golf meditation relationship. Yeah, I mean, so for me, it's actually baked in from the beginning, right? So, I, I mean, the, 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 I, I, I hated golf. My brother loves it, 10 years older than me, conservative, typical, quote, golf dude. Mm. I'm his younger brother. I'm literally an idiot. I dropped out of high school. I got kicked out of rehab. 
I couldn't even get the rehab. It's like, and it just like literally just kept fucking my own life up. And then like twenty, uh, you know, I turned thirty, and he's like, "Once again, do you want to play golf with me and Dad?" And I was like, "No." And like the weird moment, dude. Like the it was like the Matrix. Like it just was like echoing in my head. Like why am I saying no? I said yes. After thinking about it, started to play, loved it. Like like literally just fell in love that day. And then shortly after beginning the game. I found myself, obviously, as most new golfers do, frustrated. And then my brother, who's not into meditation, sends me a copy of Zen Golf. I don't know if you read this book. Mm -hmm. Dude, I got a copy for you, man. It's my my gift, right? All right. So he sends me Zen Golf, which is basically a a very simple book, very short chapters about how to use straight-up Buddhism in your golf game. You know, there's a chapter that's like fire. In, by the way, by the way, all in on this. Yeah, so please, you're into it. Please, you're gonna love yeah. it. You, Doctor Perrin would be a great guest on here. Uh-huh. I, I had him on mine. Everybody was like, they literally, the people who listened to him on the Eric Lang show were like, that changed my life. That that literally was like, now I went and shot my best round. When people listen to Kevin Connolly on this podcast talk about directing Gotti, no one said it changed their life. <laughs> So so I read Zen Golf, and it changes my life instantaneously. I read it in like a couple of days. I called the author. I know he lives in Ojai. I was like, Doc, I don't, want to, I don't know what to say, but your book changed my life. Whatever. Schiff might have mentioned this one day. Did you talk to Schiff about this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause, We talked about this. Yeah, because well, the Ohio thing reminds me. Yes, I had yes, met yeah. him. I had met Schiff through Doc, but he forgot. And when I and when he came back, it was anyways a long story, but but so anyway, Doc, uh, I, I said, dude, your book changed my life, and he was like, cool, what can I do for you? And I was like, I don't know, I'm just calling you. And he was like, come up to Ohi, come up to Ohi. He teaches me how to meditate, like fucking Buddhist shit. Mm-hmm. Cut to two years later, I'm in a retreat, holding some fucking beads and some incense, wearing a robe, speaking Tibetan, dude. Like I mean, I'm like in a, I'm in, I'm there with the guy with the golden eggs and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like we were basically doing Buddhism, right? And so then that was my process, and I was like, I would meditate and go play golf. I'd meditate and go play golf, and it was just nuts. And I got really good. I shot a 74 without even knowing it. I just don't even know. And then I was like, I got to make a movie about this because you got the Caddyshack Dalai Lama quote. You got you know the Legend of Bagger Vance. Of course, yeah. I remember uh, my dad did the Junket, and I got to go to the Junket with him, and I love that movie. Yeah. Do you know what it's based on? I, I don't. The... I thought it was based on the, based on the Legend of Bagger Vance. No. So the, yes, the movie is based <laughs> on the book, but do you know what the book is based on? No. The fucking Bhagavad Gita. Really? Ancient Hindu text, wow. bro. Yeah. Wow. So his name is Robert Juna. Yeah. And in the book, in the movie, he's called R, just Arjuna. Uh, but that's that's, that's Arjuna is the dude. From the maybe, anyway, maybe the movie would have won some awards had they done that. They should have just said that in the junket. Yeah. So anyway, mind blown, and I'm like, I got to make a movie about it. And so I basically started interviewing PGA Tour players. They found that the game was spiritual, and I was like, I got to prove it. So I created an experiment with 50 golfers, taught them how to meditate, and did nothing else for three months. And I wanted to see if their scores improved. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. That's really cool, man, because it, it is the, the most spiritual of games because you can play the same course every day yeah. and it's a different round every time. You're playing against yourself. You're playing against like kind of a, a higher energy force and your focus and your connection to the earth. Sometimes I play better when I play barefoot. Right. You know, sometimes um, when you're not keeping score, all of a sudden you're like, oh, shit, I just parred five out of six last holes, you yeah. know? So. 
Um, yeah, that's really cool, man. That's really cool. Have you, uh, have you noticed in your own game though, as you are getting older now that you're having to change your game? Like I'm noticing, I'm trying to make some, some preparations now as a 36 year old man, so I can shoot my age when I'm 75. <laughs> like, what can I do now? Do you mean? At like you're 36? changing your swing, like protecting well, just, your back? I know I'm not going to hit a 280 off the box when I'm 75, right? So it's like, so you play hybrid you, just to prepare. I got brought a three wood into the bag that I hit off the tee a little more now just that's to try to, I don't know. Like I want to make I mean, moves now at 30 to shoot 75 at 75. This is fascinating. Sense? I've never even thought of that. Because think about this, because you're, you're into this shit. If you get to a place in your life where you shoot your age, not only is that awesome, but that means you've lived a pretty amazing life because you have to be that healthy and happy right. at 75 to be able to even do that. I'm not sure I'm going to be alive at 75. Well, I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> it's, it's been my life's been pretty good. You know, I think for each year I've lived, I've worth about three or four. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm going to be cooked at like 57. What, what's the most nervous you've ever been for a round of golf? Oh, it's actually really interesting. I was I, there was two times, right? Like I, um, I had I played in the Waste Management Phoenix Open, mm. and I was with mm -hmm. Charlie Hoffman, Larry Fitzgerald. That's the one on where they get around the 17th, and everybody screams. Yeah, the tea. loudest hole. Yeah, 16th. Yeah, yeah, 16th. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I found out 24 hours before that I was going to play it, and I didn't have I didn't have clubs, I didn't have shoes, I didn't know what the fuck I was going to do, but I was going to play. So I got these rental clubs, and I woke up at like four in the morning. I was on the range with like lights, you know. And the guy was like, "Are you allowed to be here?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm playing today." And he was like, uh, "What's up?" And I was like, "I don't know what club to hit on 16." Yeah. And he was like, "Well, I think it's probably a pitching wedge or a nine iron." I'm like, "I know which one." <laughs> <laughs> and so I like get into it, and you know, I mean, I've got three hours of anticipation. Sure. Four because it was a slow round. Yeah, and I walked up on the tee, and what's really funny is I was anticipating being nervous and experiencing nervousness. I blacked out. I don't really remember the moment. I, I really can't remember. I can't. I have a video someone sent me, but I don't really remember. And what's funny is I was. I can hit a cut or a draw, right? Same as you, right? I don't really have a favorite shot right now. I'm in between. And so in the morning, I was trying to figure out cut, draw, cut, draw, cut, draw. I walk up on the tee, forgot that. <laughs> Just fucking teed the ball up and... I don't know. I, I hit a cut, and it was like 15 feet. Ah, uh -huh, yes. I was about to say, please tell me there's a happy <laughs> ending to that I story. Almost, I almost drained the putt, that too. The story didn't end in a splash, you know. And then what's – um, you mentioned that course in India, but but that's that's a unique kind of experience. Here in Los Angeles or stateside, like, what's just like the worst, grossest course? <laughs> like most just oh, that's a disgusting. Good question. That's a good question. So Honestly – As much as you love golf, you're like, I hate this. You know – that's a hard question for me to answer because nothing's coming to my mind, right? Like, um, cause, cause the true, the true, true truth for me is uh, even at the worst golf course on planet earth, I could probably still have a good time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if I'm in the right spot, sure. um, God, that's a hard question. I, I grew up, the reason I ask is I grew up in New York city. Right. So besides going out to Long Island in the summers, but to find a golf course in the five boroughs is an adventure sure. like there's one in staten island but i remember around we're on the 16th hole like in the middle of the fairway it wasn't a rat and it wasn't a beaver but Amazing. it was some combination of both and we were just like all right the round's over you right. know and then there was a course in van Cortland park which vanny I, think, it, I lived in new york for 10 years okay but so i didn't play golf there right van Cortland park yeah uh, six and a half seven hour rounds nasty there was an article in the New York Post about a guy who was living just off the second hole. He had built like an underground home Solid. where he was cooking pigeons and like collecting balls in the woods. And it was Whoa. just like a loose vibe. I want to meet that and guy. that's what we did growing up because that's all we had, you know, in right. the city. So you come out here and like a shitty public course is, you know, playing Augusta, it feels yeah. like. So, I mean, um, the courses in L.A. are really good. I mean, yeah, in America, though, I don't know, man. Like, 
I guess a course that would the, the courses I don't love to play are ones where people aren't nice and uh, the greens are really quick. Like I actually don't like over manicured courses. Like 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 a course where it's like you know two eighty around and the greens are running at like a fourteen and everyone's just like crying. You know what I mean? And the fairways are super tight, and then there's, like, desert on the edges. I never really liked, as much as I wanted to, like, Tierra Rajada or Lost Canyons, yeah. Mm-hmm. I like um, uh, Rustic. You ever played yeah. Oak Quarry? I Riverside? love Oak Quarry, That's dude. a cool little gem to that's find, That's a great right? spot. Yeah, yeah, that's a, It's tough in July, Ooh. out in the Empire in July. Yeah, they need a uh, fire pr- protocol for your body. They got rid of the one in Malibu, though, which was Yeah, nice. they shut that one down. Yeah. yeah, which when you hear Malibu Country Club, you would think it was this swaggy yeah. place on the beach. It was kind of It was, like, it was, it was in ghetto. the mountains. Yeah. And it, they, yeah, they got rid of that one. Yeah. Oh, you know, of course, I had fucking uh, Trump, uh, Trump, uh, uh, yeah. Los Verdes. That place is a shithole. Well, that place is like... Fuck that place. Golden golf. Let's get them on the phone. Let's let's put a water fountain, a waterfall on the first hole. Well, then you have the $20 million hole. 17 and 18 fell into the ocean. Fell into the ocean. Yeah. So Uh, It's funny. I was just going to ask you about Trump and the Trump of it all Um, and and the golf stuff because he went on the campaign saying, I'm not going to be on the golf course, and he's played more rounds of golf than than I have, and I'm playing like (laughs) two, three days a week. Like, like, I don't know how it's... (laughs) feasibly possible to be a functioning member of society and play as much as I do, yeah. let alone be president of the United States. You think he's any good? Uh, you know, I've seen his swing, and he reminds me of one of these guys that uh, annoys me because they have a, a literally a ratchet swing. But he can probably score. You know, he probably can. I, I've heard he cheats like crazy. I've heard he cheats a lot, actually. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I've actually met him once. I found him to be actually kind of a nice guy, which I felt like really ashamed of, that feeling. Sure. But well, um, what context did you meet him? Uh, SNL backstage. Ah, I got a good backstage Trump story for you. I'm so dying. I met him twice. Once I interviewed him at the Sex and the City premiere. Uh-huh. And then I was backstage. My buddy Sal Masichelo, who's a great golfer and loves loves playing. I work with Sal. Of yeah. course, everybody. Yeah, he's a real life Dos Equis man. He's, yeah. Everybody knows Sal. Sal was friends with Kelly Monaco, who was in this show, Peep Show. She sounds hot. Right. She's I don't in know. Peep Show in Vegas. So we go opening night. We see the Peep Show. We go backstage. We're in a backstage room. It's me, Sal, Kelly Monaco, Scary Spice, Robin Leach, Lohan, and Trump. That's fucking crazy. I mean, I would love to see that photo. That's amazing. That's, uh, that's where I met the President of the United and you States. Were in backstage Monaco? at where were you? No, no, I was not. <laughs> Kelly Monaco is her name. I was right. not in Monaco. Right. I'd like to be in Monaco. Um, but I love that you met Trump backstage at SNL. Yeah, that's backstage you know, Trump story. Anyway, yeah, I mean, he's definitely bad for the game it of golf. It sucks for no the game joke. of golf, dude, yeah, because no everybody good. associates him with it, and then it just gets a terrible stigma for yeah. the rest of us who but I mean on some life. level uh, you know the hipsters kind of have the right idea they don't want to be known and so maybe we approach golf like that like hey cool you know what I don't mind playing faster with less people. <laughs> I, know, I don't mind right? less footprints on my fucking I know, we're rooms. out here championing more and more people playing, but yeah. like that's just going to make four and a half the, hour rounds. The more people that want to join Wilshire, the more expensive it gets. Who, uh, who's the dream foursome? <laughs> uh, do they have to golf? Do they have to play golf? Well, they don't have to be a golfer, but if right. you're going to go play golf with three other people, it'd be nice if they picked up a ball I, and hit it. I mean, I'm, I'm a fucking huge fan of The Rock. I'd like to play golf with Bill Burr, too. I feel like that'd be pretty funny because mm-hmm. he would just be the maddest person on earth. <laughs> um, you know, I think um, I'd, I'd kind of like to play golf with Alistair McKenzie, you know, the golf course designer. I feel like that'd be, you know, I mean, he's dead. Obviously, he's not alive, so that complicates things. But if, if we're going that route, sure. you know, I mean, he designed Augusta, right? And just get inside his head. And then, God, we got to throw a wild card in there. You know, I'm going to go all male this week. Uh, a lot of times I try to throw in some females. But this week I'm going to go Robert Rock. European tour player. Doesn't wear a hat. Got the greatest hair. 
doesn't wear a hat. I gotta look him up. That's, he's a, that's re- an aggressive move. He's a good guy. That's look, your no sunscreen Bible, right? There. That's <laughs> taking a page from that. So when I met him, because I was so I was I was obsessed with the idea that the guy doesn't wear a hat, uh-huh. which doesn't exist on any on any tour. Everybody wears a hat, and I finally got a chance to talk to him. I was like, Robert, how much money do you lose by not wearing a hat? And he smiled and he goes, a lot. <laughs> yeah. and I was like, why don't you wear it? And he's like, because I look great. <laughs> That's a great <laughs> he doesn't even need the fucking money. He just, he's just so bald. Like, and I was just like, oh my God, like, can we just go on a date? Like, I'm not gay, but like, you're, I don't know. I've gotten to play with a lot of interesting people the last couple of years, especially here, here in LA. Um, Who's your dream foursome? I would love to play with Michael Jordan because he's Ooh. so competitive, right? And he really loves the game. And you hear about in the 92 Olympics, he was playing 36 holes oh, and yeah. then giving it to Croatia, you know? Yeah, he's crazy for um, Yeah, I'd love like... Um, All right, MJ, Birdman. MJ, um, uh, like dream foursome. I would love to play with a real pro in the prime of the career. I'd love to play with Ricky. Like yeah. Ricky just seems fun and cool. I got to meet him this year at the one down in San Diego. That What's the tournament Farmers. there? Yeah, yeah. I got yeah. To, got, he didn't make the cut, so he was hanging out Saturday and he's Sunday. Chilling. But he's chilling. He's just a good dude, and, and, and it seems like a lot of fun. Anytime you get a chance to play with a pro, you just like pick up tips and you get yeah. a little better. You know? they, their, their ability to read greens is next level. Right? It's They're like, just reading it. Um, and I, I, I would love to play with, I mean, the, a lot of the athletes, like a Chris Paul, who's I know used nice. to be a Mountain Gate guy, but now yeah. he does his, uh, he's in Houston, obviously, but he had a tournament with Aaron Rodgers that was pretty cool. Yeah. And then I actually did just get to cross off my bucket list someone that I've always wanted to play with, very Hollywood, Jack Wagner. That Whoa. dude is like the OG of celebrity golf. He's played in the Tahoe tournament, he said, all 27 oh, yeah. years. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, Jack Wagner would be in the force. Do I you just play with to Sam do Jackson a lot? I do, yeah. He's Sam, a good guy. He hits it real. I forget how old Sam is. Oh, yeah. And uh, and he still goes out there well, and like, he's very, casually very shoots like a 70. He has a lot of money. <laughs> he follows Sam on Instagram, and he's playing in like the San Tropez. He's got a 6-5-15 tee time. Yeah. Um, but you know, uh, yeah, it's funny, man. It's the, the whole Hollywood golf thing out here. Is that yeah. it's definitely? I've never played with Wahlberg. We always talk about it. Yeah, talks a lot of well, shit. Well, he's too fast. He goes. He, he plays eighteen holes in like an hour and a half. He goes to like and it excels power bars on the phone. He's yeah. on the phone with Dana White the whole time. Like I never, I never am able. He's like, hey, buddy, we're playing at five oh six, and I'll be done at six thirty to take yeah. my kids to church. I'm like, what? The Two fuck? caddies. <laughs> Two caddies. And he runs. This is this is what I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. You haven't you haven't played with him? He was a member of Wilshire. Uh, no. No, we never met. Uh, no. He, uh, yeah, we, we've been. I've interviewed him a bunch over the years. We always talk right. about it. But one morning, I slept in. He had like a five thirty tea time. It was like something crazy. That's, and that's right, long he, before sunrise. Yeah, he's just an animal. <laughs> he's um, out there in like a coal miner's outfit. So what's uh, so what's next for you? And and what's sort of the big thing? You're, you got the podcast. Who's been who's been stopping by? How has the podcast been a, a different platform for you to connect and share these golf stories? Yeah, I mean the podcast for me has been really interesting because it's you know it's this thing where it's not edited, right? We I, I spend most of my life making hyper edited video content, right? We do, you know obviously you mentioned adventures in golf. That's like a twelve minute episode that took me like three days of like intense mm-hmm. filming to shoot, and so it does break my heart a little bit that we have to cut it down that much. So the, the podcast is cool because you know I love talk, I love conversation, I love like hearing from people, learning from people. And actually, someone messaged me and said my favorite episodes are the ones where you learn something, and I was like, oh well, that's. I just learned something right there. But, you know, like, so the podcast is really a fun way to kind of gel a lot of shit together that you can't really do on Instagram and you can't even really do on YouTube. I mean, you can, but I haven't. So that's been really cool. Um, up next, oh, and then we've done Michelle Wee's on the podcast. That's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just random people, you know, like Billy Collins. I'm sure you don't know who he is. Poet Laureate, one of my favorite poets. I was at an event and some guy goes, I'd like you to, I'd like you to meet Billy. And I was like, hey, Billy, nice to meet you. I didn't know who he was, old guy, winged foot shirt. And I was like, wait a minute, Billy, who are you? And he was like, he laughed and he's like, 
I don't know who are you and I was like no no come on what do you do yeah, what's he's like deal? I'm a poet and I was like dude I know your poems I have your books you're a legend and so he came on the podcast I was like you know poets are great at talking well it's just like being able in 2018 to say what do you do for a living and you're like I'm a poet yeah wow <laughs> He's basically just like a super romantic dude. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's sixty-five. Keep your he's wife and girlfriend. your girlfriend way yeah. far away from that dude. <laughs> so uh, that was good. And next up, uh, I'm gonna go to New York next week for a couple of days, do some like work and the uh, PGA Tour events there, Northern Trust. Mm-hmm. And then, really though, excited for uh, I'm going to Scotland September 1st to 16th just to play. Like I think we're gonna play like 26 oh, rounds of golf. Wow. Yeah, we're gonna drive from like. I don't know. We're going to basically do a figure C around the coast of Scotland. Oh, yeah. yeah I'm, That's awesome. I'm pumped. You get to go on that trip? Oh, you get to come and shoot the pilot. So you got your cameraman currently, here in currently studio. Max is intern Max status. gets to come to the Lions Den, but he doesn't get to go on the Scotland. What's your, what's your handicap? Mancation. Um, I think the index, right? It's like a 5.8, something like a okay. 6. Guess what his is. Yeah, like a two or something. Yeah, like nailed that. it. Yeah, 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 totally. Just like <laughs> casually. Yeah. Yeah. You he just rolls dudes, up, so. dude. He just rolls up in vans. You play in vans. Yeah. You have like a six pack of beer. Three of them are missing. You're holding it on the like plastic and right. you just mess around. You have a terrible day. And just bleach, bleach blonde hair. Where's your home course, sir? Uh, my home course is. Let me get on that. Yeah, yeah. Where's your home course? <laughs> Max, get up in here. Yeah, where's, where's, where's Max? Max at where's Max, Max Garcia. The, the two handicap with the vans who's yeah. uh, in studio with us. Where's your home course? Uh, well, if we look at the literally, literal meaning of home, like grew up at, it's got to be general golf course in Riverside. My dad's dad pro there, so obviously growing out there, hanging out in the pro shop, working a little bit, and then just get my ass out there and playing golf. Yeah, all but day. these days now, where are you playing uh, mostly? Oh, damn, man. Where, wherever, like wherever like, the free trust well, yeah. open is. Don't I mean, you do like, Muni Madness out there? Muni Madness, where is no, that? Never mind. Different thing. I don't know. I thought uh, you were involved in that. Western Hills Country Club in, um, what the hell is it? Carbon Canyon in uh, Chino Hills. Well, that's the thing, man. Yeah. These kids on the West Coast, they can do this all year long. We used to yeah. go like Martin Luther King Day, be off from school, put the long johns on and go out there and like freezing in <laughs> New York. And, yeah, totally. Oh, I've never done the top golf thing. What do you think about it's that? It's fun, dude. Yeah, it's what, fun. Are you happy for it as a champion of golf culture and stuff? Yeah, it's great, yeah. man. It's a good time. I mean, it's. I would probably only go there on a date. Like if I had a chick and I was like, "You want to play golf?" I I would probably take her to Top Golf if there was an option in LA before going to the Country Club. Right, right, right. Because you, have you, are you? What are you? You married? Okay, forget yeah, it. Never yeah. mind. Hey, <laughs> you look down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I saw the ring. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, like I think Top Golf is great. They got it's a good vibe. I've never done it. I, I they don't I, they don't have one around it. here. You but, would dig uh, it. I, yeah, I think it would be the only way to go is to go on a date or to go with a group of friends. Like I can't imagine going there and being like, "I'm really working on my wedges." No, because the balls suck. <laughs> yeah, really, the balls have like computers inside of them. Try and figure out this fifty-eight or the 60. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you're also like 80 feet up. So uh, so there's one thing I say on the golf course a lot when, when when you're in a situation, let's say you got to hit a low runner underneath a tree, 140 yeah. yards, skip it over water and turn it around the corner. And I'm like, that's a magazine shot. When right. you're sitting waiting for an airplane and you're reading Golf Digest or you're reading Caddy and they give you like, here's how you do that. And you're sitting there in the airport. You're like, I think I can pull this off. And then you get to the golf course and you obviously can't and you totally chicken out, right? What's kind of one magazine shot or like one kind of piece of advice that you said you can learn something from that has helped you just get better at the game uh i don't uh 
So what's something I've learned that I put yeah, in like action? For me, like if I if I have to punch out of the woods, like I've learned, hit a lower lofted club and just keep a wide stance. Right. And that keeps it down. Like I take a little four or five iron, keep a nice, nice wide stance, and I can punch that thing really low and get out of there. That's a good one. I mean, I think for me the thing – I mean, I take lessons a lot, so that, that kind of filters into my golf training. Um, but – Dana Dahlquist, what's up? Um, he's a legend, dude. Uh, and so, but one of the things I really learned early on before taking a lot of lessons was to hit up on my driver, ascending blow. You know what I mean? And so you almost want to be leaning back as you hit it. And then that way, everyone watches my ball flight with the driver and they're like, this is so high. And that's the way it's supposed to be. You know what I mean? It's supposed to be, it's not supposed to spin high. It's supposed to be dead high. And then, you know, the ascent angle is also flatter. Anyway, I hit up on the driver and, and I find it, it helps. Hitting up on the driver. There you there go. You go. A little nugget one. for you. But my we, uh, favorite shot, I actually don't yeah. like hitting the fairway. I prefer to be in the trees. In the trees or yeah, in I, a little bit of the thicker grass? Uh, the trees. No, you want to like, scramble. You I want like, trees. I want to have one shot. You know what's the best is like you hit a ball into another fairway off the tee. Your friends go play the hole. Yeah. You all meet about 15 minutes later on, yeah. the, on the green. And you're like, wait, how did he make four? Right. Like, I haven't seen him in 20 like, minutes. What were you doing? Like, yeah, how did he no, scramble actually, at and Wilshire, save par? At Wilshire, I'll usually play number eight from the sixth fairway. I usually hit a draw way over into the sixth fairway, and then I've got a better shot at the, you know, and, and during the LPGA, they actually cut on the third hole at Wilshire. It's a short par, th- par four, and the girls were thinking of going into the fifth fairway, and they actually made that in- on-course OB. So they couldn't do that. Oh wow! And I was kind of like, Yeah, you're like, no, that's I was cool. Like, let them ride. Yeah, you know? let like, it go again. The freedom, like, yeah. right? Golf always trying to put constraints on every <laughs> every aspect of the game. But yeah, it's because we're women. Thankfully, uh, you're here to uh, to to open up people's minds and get them out there playing and approaching the game in a new way. So the podcast can be found where all of your social stuff. Yeah, everywhere. Stuff. It's the Eric yeah. Lang Show with a K. My Instagram is really my main way of connecting with people at Eric Anders Lang with a K, and you spell it the way it sounds, Eric Anders Lang. Awesome. Well, let's uh, let's see it up soon, dude. And I appreciate you stopping by. Thanks, Ben. Thanks for having me.